back to another special episode of Epic Experiment Podcast. It's episode 104, and I'm your host, Bruce, and I join on the line once again by Lux. How are you now? I'm doing just fine. Excellent. Now, we missed Lux last week. Lux was busy. Lux, what were you doing anyway? I've forgotten. I was rocking by myself at, at the LGS. Oh, the old LGS. Making ends meet. Yep. Well, okay, so as a public service announcement here, Lux, would this be a good opportunity to tell all those lovely people that are listening that if you work at a job, that you should probably meet all the requirements of the job and not walk out on it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, because when you walk out on, on, the, on the employer, no matter how much you don't like them, you look like the magical a-hole. And I'm sure that's what these people look like, correct? Yeah. And not to mention, when you walk out on a job, it's not the employer that you're hurting. It's the other employees. Yeah, because seriously. Then it, fall, yeah. like, it falls onto them to pick up the slack. Seriously. Like, if you, like, look, I get it. Not every job is good. All right? And so if you don't like your job, like, you're well within your rights to quit and go and work elsewhere. But do it properly. Give your two weeks notice. You know, let the, give your employer a chance to to backfill and repl- and replace your position, because whoever it is you've been working with for the six months, a year, two years, four years, six years, however long you've been there, is going to feel the like like a real crunch now that you've decided you're not showing up. So please be be respectful to your fellow employees. I know you may not, you may hate the employer. The, empl- the employer may be unscrupulous and making you feel bad and making t- taking advantage of you, but like out of courtesy to your fellow employees, in most scenarios, please like stick with it. Obviously, if you're in danger or you're being, I don't know, like something untowards you is really happening. But if you just don't like the general, like the the, the general like conditions of your of employment, like have some class, have some class. Do it the right way. Turn in your resignation. That's fine. No hard feelings. But you want to walk out on the job. And that's what Lux was dealing with, folks. In case you had missed it. Like, Lux was had people walk out on the job. Meaning now that Lux gets stuck having to fix it. And that sucks. Like, it just sucks. So, uh, well, hopefully you find some new employees that can backfill. And you don't get stuck doing every closing shift. <laughs> oh man hey hey it finally feels like springtime here lux uh. it was like 74 degrees today here yeah yeah and that you're feeling that you're feeling spring we're starting to feel summer over here yeah well you guys get that and your summer lasts a good lo- a good while longer like yeah. Like I don't know what to, like I don't know what like what, where you are like I don't know when they when when you sort of decide like summer has arrived like here like we don't usually figure summer has truly come and arrived until like our Victoria Day long weekend which is like close to May two four but usually it's a week before your it's a, it's always the weekend before the Memorial Day weekend for you in the United States so but even then like we we call it summer not really summer yet like it's still chilly like 
I've been play. I've been out like Victoria Day weekend up here. It's not uncommon to have fireworks to celebrate, and like I've been definitely had to get, like like winter clothes out, like warm wool, wet wet warm coats and mittens and stuff because it was like three degrees while we're watching fireworks in May, right? So like just put that in perspective here, folks. So. What's sort of the unofficial start of summer in Texas? May 1st? Yeah, well, and for the last couple of days, we've been in the upper 90s. That's Fahrenheit and no wind. Ooh. They, Ooh. They extremely dry. That hurts. Yeah. Oh. Oh, dude. <laughs> like, upper 90s, like, we're talking like 95 plus, huh? What is that in Celsius for 35 Celsius? Oh, God. Dude. That's cr- in May? Yep. So what? what's, like, is, like, July your hottest month? And no, they, believe it or not, and August is actually our hottest month. Really? So how, how high does it get in August? Yep. How high? We're we talking, <laughs> like, over 100? Yeah, they, the average in the high that I've seen is 109. That's almost 43 Celsius, dude. Yeah. That's unreal. So I'm pretty sure you sit around with an air conditioner on and a nice, and a nice bag on your forehead just sweating. Yeah, just big time. sweating profusely. Oh, wow. Remind me not to go to Texas in August. Um, what's the weather in Vegas like in July? I'm sorry, in June. I mean, weather in Las Vegas because there's a command. There's a command fest coming up, coming up, right? Like May twelfth. Yep. Oh, sorry, uh, no, June twelfth. I'm pretty sure is. Oh, oh. Like there it is. Like thirty nine degrees in the daytime on Sunday. I mean, as like you know, as if they're projecting a week from now. So I can only imagine what it's like in like th- in like you know a month, <laughs> like forty two degrees or something. Oh God! Anyway, cool. That's uh, good times. Um, apparently, the weather in this I would I don't think I would live fare very well in Texas, Lorlex. I think if I were go to Texas, I'd pretty well have to go in like November because I don't think I could stomach going in. When it's already 35 degrees in May. I'm sorry. I would not handle it very well. Oh. I think your best bet would probably be in like late December, early uh, in January. Because around that time, we have the kind of weather that you're used to. Yeah, I'd show up. I'd be like, yeah, sure. I can totally do this. Oh, dear. But, I mean, you know. You know, you, you you got you got some cold weather, sort of maybe this year. <laughs> and all right, all right, should we move on there, Lex? Yep. All right. So, folks, uh, as our, as always, if you like what you hear, you can always check out our our content free of charge uh, on the Lowe's Council uh, website at thelowescouncil.com. Um, they host us there free of charge. They're been a, they've been very supportive of us here at the cast. Um, and you know, as we've done now, we're, we're, we're getting over a hundred episodes. We're moving to, we're moving on to 110 here in short order. Um, and so we've been very appreciative of our, of our support, uh, from the Lotus council. They've been terrific to us. 
Also, you may notice we've had a whole string of guests, um, people in the Lotus Council community that are people that are hanging out in there for you to meet and talk to. There's lots of great ideas and great perspective and great and great understanding of the game. Whether you want to talk to Liam about rules, you want to talk about a gameplay with WoWo, or you want to talk about you know brawl and other jank stuff with Sona. Uh, we've had lots of these, uh, lots of the, the the great people of the Lotus Council hanging out with us. So come and check them out. You're not going to be sad. The Discord link is going to be in our show notes. So if you want to join the Discord, which is also free of charge um, and is a terrific resource with lots of great things to be said and found there. So come and check out the LotusCouncil.com. Uh, come and see it out. Check it out. Uh, tell them Lux and Bruce sent and pointed you in this direction. And I think you're going to be fine that you're very pleased with the end results. All right. Also, folks, uh, the giveaway for episode 100 is going to be delayed once again. So, Lux, get this. I ordered a deck box to give away the Killian deck that we have. And um, <clears throat> I ordered it on Amazon. Amazon Canada, mind you, because I live in Canada, as I often have said. And um, so I ordered it, and it, it arrived last Thursday. But it wasn't, it, it wasn't a, a deck box that I got. Do you, know what, do you want to guess of all the things in the world? What's the, the, the least likely thing that I would ever order for myself? I cannot even imagine. How about a women's bathing suit? What arrived was a women's bathing suit. <laughs> I can't even make it up. They said, instead of sending me my deck box, like a satin tower deck box, they sent me a women's bathing suit. So I'm in the process of sending it back to get the appropriate box, uh, like I paid for, um, and have to return this lovely pink women's bathing suit. Um, no, it was not a bikini, folks, uh, and it wouldn't. And and I don't think it's going to fit um, a me. So I will not be parading around in a bathing suit, a women's bathing suit, anytime soon. It just doesn't fit. I'm sure it's very flattering, but it just doesn't fit me. All right. So, um, but yeah, so we're going to delay it until I get the deck box because uh, it's a little awkward to say I'm going to give it away and I don't have a deck box. So, anyway. <laughs> anyway, in the meantime, you can probably still get your name in. I won't, I won't, <laughs> I'm not going to be too fussed about it. All right. So, uh, so we got segment, uh, three segments tonight. So, we're going to have our usual, we have garbage or grape. So segment two, we're going to do something a little bit different. I think we're going to talk about, um, so I'm going back and looking at some of the older sets that we we use here on our show, starting with Return to Ravnica, and looking at what we think might be the best commander. So if you're looking for something different to play, you can go back in time and find one of these older sets and find a really interesting commander that really that might you know get you started, get you interested and, and wound up and excited. Because there's lots of great commanders that are out there, folks. We all get so wrapped up in what's happening here and now and all these cool decks of this and that and the other thing and we lose sight of the fact these older decks these older commanders um have every have something really cool to offer us too so we'll go through some of those and see what people think um and then we have this week's deck uh that's going to be pretty pretty neat uh i saw this one played on uh on a youtube channel um and i decided i'm like you know what that looks like a lot of fun so i'm gonna make a budgetary conscious version of it so, are you ready, Lux? Let's get started. Yep. 
Tonight's garbage are great. <laughs> is Fantatog. Fantatog is one white blue for a creature Atog 1 2. Sacrifice an enchantment. Fantatog gets plus one plus one until end of turn. Discard a card. Fantatog gets plus one plus one until end of turn. What do we think of Fantatog? And honestly, <laughs> yeah, like verdict. This is a bad card. Like this is a bad card. Um, yeah. This goes in exactly one deck. This goes like I thought for a second. Like, well, would uh, an Enchantress deck want to play Fantatog? And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Yes, if uh, an uh, an enchantment Enchantress deck might might. Might contemplate playing a Fantatog. If only because you can surprisingly one-shot somebody if you have enough uh, things to discard or enough enchantments to sack. But the enchantress decks don't really want to sack their permanents. They're more because that that's often why their sphere of safety um, and their uh, like their pillow fort tar- cards work. To make it really difficult to attack them. If you start sacking your silly enchantments, Fantatog better be killing somebody. And I don't think that's happening. I think like just regular old Atog is way more interesting than this thing. Because Atog now got a huge power bump. Because you can sacrifice an artifact, which means all those treasures that you have, you now have a free sack outlet. And you can make Atog really big and kill people. But uh, Fantatog goes in an Atog Atog deck, which is a five-color, five-five legendary Atog that is your commander, and the rest of it is un- is unreadable garbage. So, um, <laughs> yeah, this is bad. Yeah, basically, this, this is- card is a pound. It's a pound of ground beef that was left sitting out all night. Yeah, it is stinky. You don't want this card if you are going to go and play an Enchantress deck. You're not playing this card. Unless you're building a bad Atog Atog deck, don't waste your time. It ain't worth it. Like, just not worth it. How many Atogs are there? So you could get... How many Atogs? Uh, there are 13 Atogs. Or Atog variants. You have Atog, Atog Atog, Oratog, Clado, Cytotog, oh, Chronotog, sorry. Chronotog Totem, Oratog, Lithotog, Megatog, Necrotog, Fantatog, Psychotog, which is the only good one, uh, Skarkatog, whatever that means, and then Thaumatog. And none of these are playable cards. Not one. They're terrible. All of them. Except Psychotog. So, yeah. So, you know. No, we're not doing this. So, yeah. Don't play, don't waste your time. Um, all right. Incidentally, while we're here, Lux, and we're talking about cool cards and bad cards, which of the five triumphs that we've seen from Streets of New Capenna do you think, if you could visit one, if you could, like, imagine appearing on New Capenna for the day, which of them would you want to go check out and hang out with first? So Honestly, that's, a little... that's a good question. 
Yeah, so let's just go through. We have like Rafine's Tower. We have Xander's Lounge. Zyator's Proving Ground. We have Jetmir's Garden and Spara's Headquarters. These are tough. Hmm. And honestly, they you might find this in the kind of surprising, but the for me, Spara's headquarters would be in the one that I'd go to. It does look like it looks to me like if like uh you're visiting the inside of like one of those really big but really old like skyscrapers in Manhattan that like you have a view of the city looking out out the window. Like I just I just imagine that being where Spara's keeping an eye on stuff. So yeah, that's a pretty good choice. I think I'd be going to Zyatora's Proving Ground. I think uh, the idea of it being a boxing ring is, you know, you can watch, like, you know, you can watch your UFC fight or your boxing match or whatever else you decide to do with it. I think that the pageantry there, the the excitement um, is really, really, you know, part of the process. And I'll be honest with you. I think it sort of matches with the the color understandings of that I have of black, sorry, uh, red and green. So like both of those colors strike me as being colors that would be really at home in a boxing ring. So I think I, that's be where I would, I would want to go hang out. But these all look so cool. Let me ask you a question. Does Rafine's tower not look like a place where bad things happen? Like, I don't want to speak ill of Rafine. But like that, that artwork looks like something bad happens when you go to Rafine's tower. Like, there might be some nightmare fuel there. Yeah, like, it looks like a place where you go if, and then, basically, that you've taken a loan out from the mob, and you refuse to pay it back. Or just can't pay it back. Maybe you don't refuse, but you just can't, because you're still broke, and they're gonna, like, eat you to some soul-sucking monster at the bottom of a pit. So, Yeah. So, audience, this is a fun game. Like, if you want to do this too, you can go and check out the, like all the all the cards spoiled um, or being played. I guess uh, now since they're not spoiled anymore, but you can go and find them all on Scryfall.com and look for the lands and see just which, which, where you think you'd want to like to hang out on your uh, with your free time. So, anyway, interesting interesting thought experiment there. Um, pretty cool. All right, moving on to segment two. So tonight, I thought would be good if we went back and looked at some older sets. And then sort of picked the top commander. Not necessarily the best, like, the most popular commander, but the one we think that if you wanted to win, what would you pick up first? What would you do? And some of these, like, these choices do happen to coincide with what the most popular commander is. Because, let's face it, folks, when we started our podcast, we started talking about from RTR block forward. Um, an RTR block... Like, design philosophies around designing cards for Commander wasn't a thing yet. They hadn't really embraced that particularly yet. So there weren't nearly as many Commanders in the set. So we're talking, I think there's only four, like five or six in Return to Ravnica. Um, and same for Gate Crash and Dragon's Maze. We only have so many choices. The number of viable choices are significantly curtailed. So some of them that happen to be the best options are also the, like one of the only options. So anyway, so we get down to Return to Ravnica as the very first set. And so let's have a quick pull up of Ravnica. Lux, you, you love, are you like me? Do you love going back to like Return to Ravnica just for the nostalgia of it? 
and big time. No, they let me tell you, they ran return around with a good block. That was just such a fun time. Yeah, I thought like I thought standard was really good, and I thought like modern was in a cool spot. And these are some cool commanders. So you got we have Rakdos, Lord of Riots, Rastani, Selesnya's voice, Gerard, Golgari, Lichlord, Aspuria, Supreme Judge, and Niv Mizid, Draco Genius. Those are all the legendaries you have to pick from. This is not that many, really. So, what do you think there, Lux? Like, Lord of Rakdos is the number one commander currently. Um, I have a feeling that some of that is skewed by um, some of the new cards that have been printed with the Maestros uh, that fit, would fit into Lactos Lord of Riots. But, um, anyway. Um, there's Tristani, which is an almost a 2300 deck. So you have Gerard, Golgari, Lichlord, and we have Asperia with 240 and 81 Niv Mizid Draco Genius decks. What do you think? What do you think, Lux? Which ones? Wait, if you had to jump, what had to pick one off these out of these five? What would you pick? Rakdos, Tristani, Gerard, Espiria, and Niv Mizid. And honestly, they. I mean, it would mostly be a tie between Gerard and Tristani, but for the most part, Gerard takes the cake. Yeah, I so. I think it really depends on what you want to do when you sit down to play there, Lex. If you want to have a long, grindy match, Tristani is your girl. Like, she just does it. She gains you life, meaning that you're going to be sitting there at the table gaining heaps of life and just forever to churn that to churn that along. Um, so, I mean, I think Tristani is really good, but Tristani wants to grind. Gerard, though, is, you know, it's it's the fling, or not quite a fling, but, like, the ability to dome your opponents for lethal out of nowhere is kind of appealing. I'll be honest, if I was going to go back and rebuild one of these decks, I might look seriously at Gerard, Golgari, Lichlord, um, to, you know, spruce it up, get it wowed. So. Yeah, Locks basically, it's a choice between the... They, it's a choice between they do I want to have a nice fun game where I win, or do I want to have a game where I drag things out to the point where I'm basically unkillable? Yeah, that's sort of the thought, and I think most of us should be probably gravitating towards the Gerard. Um, it takes a lot of work to make the Tristani's decks. Like I've won with my Tristani deck regularly, but it's not a short experience. It's like it takes you forever to accrue enough tokens of various sorts. Whether it's Jenny Faye helping you do it, or or the Anointed Procession, or whatever else you've acquired, it takes a lot to get yourself to a critical mass where you're going to win. Gerard does it way, way more easily. Yeah, they, um, you want to know something funny? They, that Tristani deck that I brewed back when we first started? Yeah. They, they, you want to know they, how long I managed to drag out the game for? I'm sure you dragged it out for inter- just interminably. Basically, in FNM starts at 7 p.m. They my time. Yeah, I dragged it out all the way to closing time. Oh God, you're a bad man. Yeah, seriously, like three hours. Like I dragged the game out three hours, and at that point, that like, nobody could kill me. Ah. <laughs> so I'm just looking through the Gerard deck. Uh, like I'm looking to see how they how they're choosing to win. 
There's a number of combos. The way I've seen this deck win before is with Lord of Extinction. And Lord of Extinction is three black green for a star star elemental. Lord of Extinction's power and toughness are each equal to the number of dead cards in all Vander. Anyway, so, yeah, like, Lord of Extinction goes with Gerard, like, nobody's business, and just use Gerard to kill everybody with it. And that's just how you do it. <laughs> like, it just really isn't hard. You're going straight into the... What are you, what's, what's Gerard's ability? Black, one, green. Sacrifice another creature. Each opponent loses life equal to the sacrifice creature's power. When your Lord of Extinction is, like, negative... Or, sorry... Like like sixty sixty, like you're just gonna kill the table. So, you know, there we have it. Yeah. Oh dear. So yeah, I think Gerard's probably the one that's your as as our top with Tristani as a honorable mention. That if people were really looking to get into that, they could. Um, Gate Crash. There really wasn't much option. Much option was there? Like there was significant. And no, like there's they. There's like, when you think Gay Crash, like there is literally only one legendary creature that comes to mind. And she's literally yeah. the face of it, too. Yeah, so Aurelia the War, the War Leader is really the only one worth talking about. Like, you have Lazav, Demir Mastermind, which I have seen and played against, which is annoying because it's got Hexproof, but it's not good. Uh, Borborygmos Enraged is, again, not really a card that I think you want to play. Someone can play it and have a good time. Um, obviously that ghost council is interesting, um, although not backbreaking the same way as some of the other ones could be. Prime Speaker Zagana has always gets my attention, and I feel like it should be more popular than it is. But yeah, anyway. So there's all the five commanders. Obviously, it's Aurelia, right? Like, there's not much doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. All right, moving on, we've got... Oh, if people don't know what Aurelia does, uh, so let's have a quick read of her because I think it's, it's, it's fairly relevant. So, two, red, red, white, white, for three, four, flying, vigilant, hasting angel. When Aurelia the Warrior attacks for the first time each turn, untap all creatures you control. After this phase, there is an additional combat phase. So... Yeah, you're just playing this for extra com like this is the extra combat phase deck with like with Morog and all that yeah. other stuff. So it's the only one to play. Like it really isn't. Alright, next we have Dragon's Maze. The Maze of the Dragon. Oh dear. Let's have a quick peeky poo at our dear friend. Let's see. Oh, where'd it go? Why is it not working? Okay, so um, there were a number of commanders, and because and with the gate, sorry, gate crash and return to Ravnica, folks, they had gone with having only five of the ten guilds represented. But when Dragon's Maze, they put them all together, and so there's a whole bunch of commanders. There's also ten of them. Um, so Rurikthar, Varel of the Hulkclade, Melek, is it Paragon, Varols, Mirko Vosk, Tesa, Envoy of Ghosts. You have Tajik, Blade of the Legion, Exava, which I think Exava actually gets more interesting with some of these modified cards that are running around there, Lux. Um, Lavinia, and ultimately Amara Tandris, who is comical because it's a mistake. Anyway, um, best commander, what do you think? I mean, honestly, they, 
I don't even think we need to discuss this because there's only one from the set that people even still use to this day, and that's Rurik Thar. You are correct. Um, Rurik Thar is a big problem for people who are playing like heavy spell slinger decks because he can his abilities show four red green for a six six legendary creature ogre warrior vigilance and reach. Rurik Thar, the unbowed, attacks each combat if able. And whenever a player casts a non-creature spell, Rurikthar deals six damage to that player. So, um, it's it's it just punishes spell singer decks. So people play it still. I would argue that there's an honorable mention here for Varel, but I think Varel is suitably the gap between Rurikthar and Varel is real and is a big deal. Um, Modern Masters. 2013, which was was definitely that's a long time ago. What do you think of that? Do you feel old now? Honestly, they, yeah, they. I remember they. they this is back before my drafting days. So like I used to be a major you know, pack cracker. Oh gosh. Yeah, like no, they trust me. Those days are behind me now. Well, that's fair. <laughs> so the commanders in this set, when people forget about what's in this set, you have Grand Arbiter Augustine the Fourth, Joyer of the Gitu, Una Queen of the Fey, Progenitus Kiki Jiki Mirror Breaker, Kokusho the Evening Star, Kega the Tide Scar, Moloku, the Nillian Click, Kira the Great Gla- Gaspinner, uh, Kira the Gla- Great Glass Spinner, Itaki Wars Rage, Vertiloth the Ancient. Um. Anyway, so, uh, Yose, Squee, Ryuse, and Jugen. Um, I don't know about you, Lux, but when like Grand Arbiter is the top most popular deck in the set, uh, I I question people's life choices because the card is not a lot of fun to play against. <laughs> Have you ever faced down a Grand Arbiter? No, I have not. It's really hard to do. Because you know for a fact that you have piles of interaction in their hand, their spells cost less to cast, you're having a hard time like trying to punch through. It's really a hard card to deal with. Um, and I don't think a lot of fun. So I just elected for Joyra of the Gitu. I think giving spells you cast with, like, um, Oh, what are we talking about here? So, sorry, with Suspend. You want to put cards on with Suspend. I think it could be interesting, particularly if you can manipulate those counters around. But, um, yeah, this is kind of a weird mishmash of commanders. So, I'm not hugely in favor of it. But, anyway. So, Joyra seems interesting. Joyra seems interesting. All right. Uh, and it's got 1,500 decks, so it's not like it's got a small number. It's 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 doing reasonably well for itself. All right, next we have on the Magic 2014. This should be easy, Lux. There were none, and we literally had no legendary creatures. That seems really strange to think about. Like think about Magic today. Yeah. Could you imagine a set with no like standing? Like you, like you're like I don't know. Like I can't even imagine it. Thank you. Anyway. Yeah, they, especially after the introduction of uncommon legendaries. Well, yeah, well, now, yeah, now in retrospect, like, 
we put uncommon legendaries all the time, and like some of those are the like the most interesting cards to build with. So, all right, then we have Theros. So Theros gave us gods, so there's got to be something good here. Unfortunately, and I'm going to be very blunt here, folks. Um, I'm not. I'm not like. How do I explain this? Theros had lots of gods, and the gods are hard to deal with. So. I'm just pulling, trying to pull it up here, just so we have a look at Theros. There weren't a lot of other really good commanders in Theros, um, which is part of the design features of the time. So we have Perforos, God of the Forge, Erebos, Daxos, Thassa. So three of the first four cards are gods. Um, Tim Timurit, the Murder King, Metamai, with the actual extra uh, lines. We have Triad, we have Heliod, we have Anax. I think this you know, clear consensus here is going to be you're going for Perforos, right? If you're going to play, you're going yep. to like it. Really, isn't much doubt. It's a win condition that once you resolve it out of your command zone, they can't kill. So seems good to me. Um, Born of the Gods, yet another god. Um, this this set was a little less in your face about it. Um, come on, let's go. I want to change my sets. All set. And I want Born of the Gods. Where to go? Where to go? Where to go? Born of the Gods. There is. So, what are we have? Phoenix, we have Xenagos, Karametra, Mogus, Afara, Brimaz, and Tromacratus. So, I'm picking Xenagos because that seems way more interesting than a big old mill card. Just my sense. Any thoughts like Xenagos yeah. or Phoenix? And Xenagos. Good, good man. Um, just to be clear, like these decks all have lots of like are very closely populated. So, like Phoenix has got like twenty six hundred, Xenagos has got twenty four hundred. Yeah. So in it, there we go. Um, Xenagos Journey into Dix wasn't a lot better. This is Athreos got a passage. This is pretty much you know self describing themselves. Yeah, so Journey into Nyx. Athreos, God of Passage. Judd, Jimmy Wong's, no, Josh Lee Kwai's yep. favorite friend. All right, next we're on to Conspiracy. Conspiracy was interesting. Um, you get Draft Matters sets, but geared for multiplayer pods, which I think is actually really, really unique. I really wish they would bring it back, because I think it might actually do quite well. Okay, so... That's what we got with the original Conspiracy, which is kind of a weird set, really. But they brought us Brago, brought us Queen Marchesa, Grenzo, Ovala, and uh, Muzio. So what do you think they're like, Brago or Queen Marchesa? Because I think the other ones are interesting, but I think those are the two probably top ones. And the Marchesa, the Black Rose, probably takes the cake with this one. I think you're right. I think so. Mar Queen Marchesa's dethrone ability... And then anything with a counter on it blinks when it, or, or not blinks, but it comes back to uh, under control, return that card to the battlefield. So you can return things directly to the battlefield, which is, seems good as a way to protect yourself and rebound from something bad on the table. So, yeah, no, I, uh, I like it. I think uh, Marchesa is probably top dog. Um, then we have. Pause block. No, I missed one. Magic 2015. 
And again, we have only a select number of commanders in, in this product. Um, we do have a, an interesting one in the sense that we have, um, which one do we have? We have Yisan the Wanderer Bard, which is kind of like a pod effect. Um, but I don't think I love it because I think it spends a lot of mana to not necessarily get what you want. Whereas Sliver High Lord seems to be just good to make your slivers and your five color sliver deck indestructible. So seems good. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, then we are on to anything else you want to say about the M15? Nope. No. Like, if they're interesting. All like, Nixilis Unshackled is interesting, but I'm not playing that. It goes in the, it goes in the 99 more than anything. Um, next, we're going to Khan's block. So Khan's was really interesting because you get the uh, the the wedges, all three uh, all three color wedges. And so let's go have a quick look at a quick look at Khan's block. Where did Khan's block go? Uh, Khan's. There it is. So you got uh, Narset Enlightened Master, Sidisi Brew Tyrant, Zergo Helm Smasher. Surak Dragon Claw and NFNs of the foremost. And a lot of people really, really like Narset because of the ability to um, exile instances of sorcery to the top of your deck. But that's all Narset wants you to do. Would you agree, Lux? Like, you should, like it's just a Spells Matters deck. Yeah. Whereas if you do something like DC, the DC is far more open. You can do Zombie Tribal, you can do. Like I've got my deck, and my deck's like, like graveyard recursion for lands, so that I can go and get villainous wealth, and it kind of ends up acting like a dredge deck. So it's kind of cool, and I think it's. But you can do you can build Sadisi in a number of different ways. You know, I think it's very that flexibility makes it the the top deck. I think it's it's really quite interesting. I've, I don't think I've seen two like two Sadisi decks be close enough in 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 shame to be the, to be considered the same. So. I like City Seat Brew Tyrant. Any thoughts for you? Or what, who's your favorite for cons? And honestly, they, they, you know me, like I'm a big Obzon fan. Yes, but, you are. Yeah, like, I, had, like, I had to agree with you. City Seat is just better because like, looking at a statistics and like, a playstyle standpoint, like, Anna Fenza wasn't that good. No, like, she was I... fun, but she wasn't. I call her a complimentary piece. She's a complimentary piece that goes in your Abzan deck, but she's not the lead singer for your commander deck. Your commander. So, nope. all right. Then we have Fate Reforged, and in Fate Reforged, we had again some of these. Oh, where's the card? Where is it? Where is it gone? Oh, Fate Reforged. Here. Reforged. So they got us the proto cons, and then we had some dragons mixed in. So. You have Tassiger, Alesha, Shuyun, Yazova, and Dagatar. Leaving you with some dragons. You have a Tarka World Render, Solengar the Drifting Death, or Solengar Drifty D. You have Kolagon, Storm's Fury, Dromoka the, the Herial. So, yeah. Um, well, let's see. Have a look at these commanders. What do you think is top dog? What do you think would be the most interesting to you? If you had to go back today, Lux, what would you build? I mean, honestly, and for me, it would have to be Alesha. Alesha, okay. That's cool. I have an Alesha deck. She is very yep. good. 
Um, you can do a lot of ab abusive things um, where you recur all sorts of things, and you're going to want to recur, you know, small things that have big impact. But I like Alessia. Alessia's good. I think Tassiger is just the most open-ended one, and so, you know, Tassiger is going to be something that's going to ultimately drive people crazy, but I think it's a really good, really good commander. So... Um, Dragons of Jarkir, this one's harder, because these cards are decidedly not as good as some of them we've seen. Yeah. This is the drawback of having, um, the whole three-set block that we used to have. They would yep. periodically run out of good stuff and shoehorn in trash. And anyway, so, um, let's see, Dragons of Jarkir gives us Dragonlord Ojatai, Sadisi Undead Vizier, Dr Dragonlord Dramoka, Dragonlord Silengar, Anfens of the Kintry Spirit, Dragonlord Atarka, Zergo, Bellstriker, Surak the Huntcaller, and Dragonlord Kolagon. What do you think, Lux? Think, Lux? I mean, honestly, they. I prefer the Dragon Lords to the. And they would be cons. Yeah, you know, that's fair. That's fair. I'm, uh. I'm kind of a big fan of Silimgar, the Dragonlord Silimgar here, where the ability to steal something off your opponent's battlefield is actually really interesting. So I like, I like, I like that. So anyway, uh, I like the just the idea of stealing my opponent's stuff with it. Um, and yeah, I guess we're we'll stop there just tonight. We're we'll going, we'll do some more next week, so we don't keep people too late. We've had some real long shows the last couple of weeks, so we'll stop there. Uh, we'll do more. We'll pick it up with Dragons after Dragons and Shark here next week. So stay tuned. All right. This week's deck, Lerlux, are you ready? Yep. All right. So we have Rocco, Cabaretti, Cabaretti Caterer. I got to be able to learn to talk. Um, so Cab Rocco, Cabaretti uh, uh, Caterer. Lux, you want to read it for the audience? And let me bring him up. By all means. Okay, Rocco Caparetti Caterer for X in a red, green, white. You get a legendary creature and an elf druid, 3 1. When Rocco Caparetti Caterer enters the battlefield, if you cast it, you may search your library for a creature card with mana value X or less. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. That's Court of Calling. That's so good. So, anyway, uh, yeah. what you want to do with this particular deck is I think you want to you lean into Rocco's ability to tutor up your win condition. So you don't want, there are some commanders you want to have them out to play early. I think Rocco does his best work when things are kind of wild and you're going to be able to put some creatures down and then all of a sudden cast Rocco from your command zone and go and drop something humongous on the table to really make them just regret life wake, waking up that morning so what do you think there lux like do you think that's a good approach with rocco like I, you're gonna want to like tutor for your win condition whether it's going to be a yeah death. oh yeah big time yeah so you're not going to want to run it like, out you're just going to want to sandbag in your command zone and when you catch that the blue player with like tapped out you could probably go for it and you're gonna like make your Ridiculous demands and uh, kill the table, right? It yeah. They honestly, Bruce Rocco seems like the ideal commander 
for that and uh, Naya and Token's precon. Um, I actually think Jenny Faye is the better one. Um, I think Jenny Faye is terrific, and I, I'm, you're not gonna. I think you have a hard time convincing me otherwise. I think Rocco is a very different deck. Um, I think Rocco has a combo kill. Because they just think about it. No, they, they Naya tokens. You run uh, things like Cryptolith, right? Yes. And the, you have uh, the Cryptolith, right? You have Parallel Vibes. You have Anointed Procession. Yeah, yeah. No, you could do. You could do a lot. <laughs> you could do a lot. <laughs> um, I you know I, uh, I just like, just so many yeah, ideas. Yeah, there was lots of good, lots of fun to do with it. Um, the other big thing here, folks, is that Rocco really is going to care that you like have a lot of mana, because if you want to get something big like a like a beanstalk, you know, not beanstalk giant, um, bear whisper. Uh, but so yeah, Rocco wants you to like. Make use of your things, like make a lot of mana to go get your enraged forerunners, your decimator of the provinces. Like your big bombs are gonna help you shut down the game and didn't hurt when your opponents let you to fish fish bowl for a while for or goldfish for a while. Yeah. On your end step, you're gonna cast March of Multitudes, or the other one is the Grand Crescendo. Um so Grand Crescendo or uh, March of the Multitudes, or Secure the Waste, make a bunch of tokens, and then on the next turn, you're going to want to cast Rocco, bring in whichever finisher you're going to use, and then uh, you're going to smash the table with it. So I think that's how that plays most of the time. I may be mistaken. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And, oh, and it's $112. Just, just, just saying. Which is pretty affordable, considering... I'm pretty sure it'll cost me more to fill my gas, my tank full of gas tomorrow morning. So, anyway, thought Lux, any thoughts on um, our our Rocco Cabaretti deck? And this one looks pretty fun. It does look like fun, doesn't it? I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think this is the sort of deck that you can get away with. I think there's some really neat synergies in here that people have like overlooked. I think Manglehorn probably should see way more play uh, play than it does because I think Manglehorn. Um, sorry, Manglehorn just makes a massive. It kills an enchantment. Sorry, uh, artifact enchantment. In yeah, it just makes uh, up art artifacts makes life very difficult for artifacts. So I like Manglehorn. Anyway, okay, should we wrap up? Yep. All right. So that's going to wrap up this week's show. Thanks very much, everybody, for for tuning in and uh, joining us for this week's show. Uh, if you want to uh, reach out to us, uh, we'd love to get some email from, from our audience. You can email us at the Epic Experiment Podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can also reach out to, oh, and the link to that is in the show notes. You can also reach out to us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Epic EXP Cast. You can find us there. You can also find us on twin, uh, Instagram using the same uh, name, Epic EXP Cast. Um, if you like our deck and you want to see it or any other decks you've ever built, you can go look for them on... Uh, you can go find our stuff on moxville.com. Use the username, The Epic Experiment Podcast. Um, if you you know, like what you hear, you can also ask a question, leave a comment, like, follow, subscribe, whatever, on all of your favorite podcast apps. Um, we are on almost all of them, and I keep trying to find new ones to get those added to. So lots of places to find our podcast and listen to us each and every week. Um, next week we're gonna be talking. I think there was some rumor of Baldur Gates previews next week, 
And if that's the case, holy moly, we just got through Nukapena, and now we're going to roll straight into more precon or more um what's the word I'm looking for? Um more product for us to look at. So that's pretty wild, that sort of turnaround. Like we've just barely opened our Nukapena packs. So anyway. Should we say goodbye? I think so. Uh, so until next week, this is the Epic yep. Podcast signing off. Wishing you all the best wherever you next play. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Have yourself a great day. We'll talk to you next week.